Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. So welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. Today I have a very uh, encouraging uh, woman with me. Her name is Gita Gavare Marotis. Uh, she's uh, living in Denmark now um, and she's a confidence strategist, published author and speaker. She helps women to shine and be confident and live life on their own terms. For women who want to embrace their femininity, Gita helps you stop hiding and start shining by dressing up your inner and outer diva. Her book, Permission to be Bold, Gorgeous and Timeless, has been ranked as number one hot new release on Amazon. And Gita has major real-life experience and has overcome more than the regular person does in an entire lifetime. And today she's here with us to talk all about it. So welcome to the Thrive Podcast, Gita. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for this possibility. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, and we are happy uh, because um, what I like <clears throat> about you and uh, y let's say your story is that first of all, um, you bring a new, let's say, um, age category <laughs> because most of the, uh, I would say, people that I have interviewed so far, I would say they have been like in, in their 30s, maybe early 40s. And um, so I like to give different perspectives to people and also different life experiences. And I think that yours is quite um, unique as well, because even though you are living now in Denmark, um, you were born and you grew up like in, in a, let's say, tiny Nordic country. Uh, I mean, it's Latvia. Um, and you were born there during the occupation of Soviet Union. And so this is actually something that we share <laughs> that because I was also born in, in former Soviet Union. Um, and while I don't recall anything because I was too little, um, I'm really curious to hear, you know, how has growing up in Soviet Union really shaped your life? Because one of the topics that you struggled a lot with was... Um, let's say this, the the whole topic around feeling enough, feeling worthy, uh, feeling um, or having the self love for oneself, right? So, in what way has you know growing up in Soviet Union uh, contributed to those, let's say, let's call it like insecurities or doubts about your worth? Oh, it's quite several. It's first of all. Um, We already learned from early age that you have to be always aware what other people will think about you. I always remember my mom saying, oh, what other people will think. And because it was also occupation and uh, there were many songs forbidden and the story was manipulated. So actually you had also to speak the right way. I remember mm. in the school writing 
and the teacher expected we had to write in the specific way. You cannot just say what you want, you know, you have to be loyal to the, to the system. And the other thing, although Soviet Union was um, progressive in some ways, like, you know, there was gender equality, women had rights to their body, like mm-hmm. abortion and all that. Still, there was this very cultural, patriarchal uh, culture, like uh, women have to be, girls have to be virgin, girls have to be good girls. They have to behave, you know, well. Mm. I remember, and I thought, weird, why men can, you know, the boys can, they just can, you know, they they can do what they please and they can get, uh, you know, how we say, sleep around with the girls. But if the girl uh, just spoke with a guy, it immediately she was called often I, I grew up in the village so it was like you were regarded you know in negative way but also there was a lot of body shame uh, the one thing in soviet union there was like nobody ever spoke about sex mm-hmm. sexuality like we laugh sex didn't exist in <laughs> soviet <laughs> union you couldn't see in the movies you know hardly people kissed in the movies but i i, I got that from my mom and the people around i you know we children always we we copy how our parents are behaving. Mm-hmm. So, of course, my mom, she had a lot of body shame. So I took over that too for my feminine parts. And my my father was always like, oh, behave, be careful, you know. I don't want my daughter to be whore or like that. And I remember I was not even kissed. I was like 10 years old. All oh. that attitude. And you are like walking in the and glass. It's like, oh, it's really, it all made feel like, I I felt from very early age also be, 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 because I also was um, uh, abused sexually by a neighbor from an old man um, when I was about five, six, seven. Uh, you know, I got a lot of shame as many of and I could I didn't dare to tell that uh, about that to my parents because I thought they will just say it's my own fault. Oh my you God. know, I felt it was my own fault and. And I was getting that in me and feeling even more uh, dirty, you know. I hated my body. I really hated um, who I was. And I was, because maybe also I was the oldest of five children. And then my parents were busy. And uh, as often, all, uh, the oldest one gets overlooked. And I became like kind of parent too for my youngest children. So I didn't receive the attention and the love what every child uh, mm. needs. So it also affected that feeling that I was worthless, you know, nothing dirty. And I had so much shame. So. Oh, wow. So from your parents, basically, from what I'm hearing is you received, let's say, all the, the negative or yeah, negative kind of, let's say, expectations on what not to do or who not to be and um, actually how to feel not good about yourself. And then you had this traumatic experience and um, like feeling like you couldn't even share that because it would it would kind of live up to what they don't want in a certain way. Yeah. It's also, yeah, I just thought it, they will just say it's my own fault. And I felt, you know, every victim feels like it's their own fault. It just, now I understand that it just makes them believe the thing. That it's like a coping mechanism. It's my own fault. So they don't have to 
face it that actually we were powerless victims to that. But actually, not only my parents, all the people around in the village, my aunties, my all that, they were very strict to women, I would say, really. Mm-hmm. Women. And, uh, and of course, boys were uh, raised different way, but still with the boys were also the abuse that they could not express their feelings. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, don't cry, boys, don't cry. But with the girls where they think, oh, you have to be the good girl, working hard, virgin. Mm. <laughs> so I, I even remember when I was about 18 years old I, or 19, I was working in a cafe and I got really good assignment to to provide food to some um, party. Mm-hmm. It was some forest company, little company. It was still Soviet times. And my sh- chef in the work, they were busy she said, Kita, you can just do it. And I was like, me, no. And then she said, no, you can just cook this food and prepare. And so I did for 20 people. <laughs> I, was, I, I cooked, I invited my cousin just for confidence, but I made the food and I earned quite a, well, quite a good amount of money. But I remember the same day uh, or day after came my auntie visiting and uh, I was not at home, but she had directly went in my our room where I was living with my sisters and she saw I had not made the bed and then she said oh how get this no what she's thinking no men will marry her if she <laughs> doesn't make a bed you oh know, my god yeah I was making my own money but yeah this like I have to make a bed <laughs> And it got me such a rebel mood. I was like, I'm never going to make the fucking bed. So yeah. I was saying that because, you know, it's like, this is the way to get a man. No way. You know, I don't want that kind of man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, re- I received some kind of <laughs> comments like that. Also, or I don't, I don't even recall if that was directly to me, but it was always like, you can't cook. How will you take care of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why do I have to cook for him? He can cook for himself, right? So things yeah. like that. Um, so I can really relate to that. Um, one thing I'm very curious about personally, and I don't know if you mind sharing, but um, when that, let's say, uh, abuse happened to you, because you were still so little and feeling like you could not share it with your parents, what was actually, you know, how did you feel or how what was going on through your mind in that time because I always feel like you know I'm just always wondering like how does a child actually um, you know interpret the situation or this experience what is going on inside of a little being like that because you don't have those um, I, I would I would guess like you don't have any definition for such a thing to happen in your mind yeah. yet I think I was totally confused because as a child, you, you you pretty trust. I was raised like trust and honor older people. You know, there's a biggie. And this neighbor, he was a grandfather. We were living in the same house, my neighbor's grandfather. And her granddaughter was a little bit older than me. And she had this dolly carriage, or how you call it, you know, dolly, the, the frame for the do- dolls. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing. The stroller. I wanted huh? it so, yeah, I wanted it so much with my mom, you know. I didn't have much... Um, uh, toys as a child because we didn't have much money and we were many children, you know. And, mm. and I wanted so much, and I think this man noticed. He says, You can get this and you can play with it, but you just have to come in my room. And you know, you like a child, you just go. And mm. uh, 
he really didn't rape me, but he is like he abused me in different ways, you mm-hmm. know, touching and uh, oof, yeah, some. I was just so confused. Mm-hmm. I and then afterwards, okay, I just and then I got that thing to play afterwards, and then came his son and took it away because he didn't know the story, so he thought I just had taken mm. or stole and. I was so confused, but I think there he crushed my trust to other mm. people, to adults a big time. But it was confusion, but also I was so scared to tell anyone because I thought it's my own mm. fault. I wanted that that to think and mm. see what I got myself into. And I also felt so dirty yeah, and uh, shameful. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I felt terrible. I have done a terrible crime. Yeah. So I didn't have to tell to anyone for many many years until I, uh, I grew up I became adult so I started a little bit to, mm. I told to my sister like that and yeah he did several times he would took and also when we passed by in the you know in the stairs he would touch me between legs and all that until one day, I remember, I just said, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really stood and I said, no, no more. But still, the damage was done. Yeah. Um, I I felt. Uh, but now I learned, at least, I was became more more careful, uh, you know, around men. Um, um, I still am. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, still I am. Imagine. But still, uh, also that, I think, when you don't heal and don't speak about it, because it was very traumatic for me, then else again you get in life later on. Yeah, and I think a this similar is similar experience, kind. Yeah, and I think this is so important, and I really appreciate it so much that you share with us, um, you know, uh, what you've experienced, because I feel like there's many more. Um, whether it's women or children or victims out there who just don't dare to you know share it maybe with somebody and then keep it all inside of them not knowing you know what to do about it so is there maybe something from your experience where you can just give some advice to people who might have been in a similar situation and where you know like this has been very helpful to you and can help other people as well I uh, many years later I just learned and I was told it was not my own fault. It was not my fault. Yeah. But this I want to tell them it's not your fault. You are just victim. You are manipulated and you need to speak and heal that first of all by recognizing that you were abused and that it was not your fault because I know submit as me I believed it was my fault. It was mm. And it was it is very a very heavy burden to to have on your shoulders, you know, that limits you during the life and also attracts kind of um, bad experience later in life mm. with men. It's like uh, the natural ones that you heal that kind of it is emotionally it is emotionally trauma and just because we don't see it, it's there. Um so the, I think the most important thing is to recognize, really, really take it in. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You were just child. You were abused by adult or or older, mm. sometimes those guys. So, and has been sharing sharing it with with some person been very helpful to you as well. 
Yeah, I remember first I told my sister, she was like, oh, but you know, sister is from my own culture. She's like, ah, let's not speak about that. Mm. No, but later on, I was, um, when I met some healers, so I was talk, uh, I was speaking with them. And yeah, and now I also understand, you know, I have taught, because I've got so much healing and also psychological insight. So I know mm -hmm. we are victims of victims because yeah. that man, pro man probably was abused as a child himself. Mm -hmm. And because he didn't know, you know, if you cannot heal that, uh, of course, it's not excuse, but it just helped me to understand why yeah. he did what he did, you know, to see that behind that monster, there's also damaged human being. Um, that's very so, powerful. Yeah. And so you mentioned already a couple of points, but what what was the thing that made you feel, because you also mentioned that you felt very different from everybody else. So where did those feelings came, come from? And, you know, what were s maybe specific points that you can share with us where you really felt like, yeah, maybe I don't belong here or I'm not like them. Or I don't want to be here. I don't know what your take was, but what was it that caused you this feeling of not belonging? It's, it comes always like from our early childhood up to eight years old. I am the oldest of five, so my my brother after me is one and a half year younger. And I think um, I have myself now three children, and I know. We as parents, we are not very good to introducing a new child. Like I was the eldest and the new baby came. And, you know, it's okay for the parents, but for a child, it is the same experience. Like like if you if your husband, for example, mm -hmm. come home and take and say, oh, you know, I have met this very wonderful woman mm -hmm. and I like and she's very good and she will be living in our family. It's kind of the same. So. Probably my siblings were not introduced. And of course, my mother didn't have tools or not the information, knowledge, how to, you know, how it affects children. So it was one of those that I lost, you know, the attention because now I was the eldest. So I had to take care mm. of everyone else. And I didn't receive that attention and love what I needed. So the first one, the, that pain of rejection, you know, when you get rejected, you feel, oh, something wrong totally wrong with me therefore my mm. mom doesn't want me therefore she got a new new baby and like a new a, a new one and as, also as a children we already were sent to kindergarten very early uh, like in soviet union we were taught to go to port very early kind of before mm -hmm. you were one year old and back then, um, because it was Soviet Union time, so we were sent for the whole week away. So we were we were put in the bus on Monday morning. <laughs> I remember that it was so terrible. It was like all the children crying and screaming, you know, for their parents. Mm. And we were driven to this kindergarten, and then we were taken home first on Friday afternoon. So we were actually oh, wow. raised like kind of yeah in. The, away from our parents because you know so parents could work and they should not take care of us so we were but it's super damaging for children yes. you know i remember myself crying in the bed you know and missing so much my mom because it's natural children yeah. are we are very close to our parents because we depend on them so much so i think that feeling that you know <clears throat> you have been taken away and, and and of course, there were some, um, 
I don't remember that we really were treated bad, but still, you know, it was quite strict and there was not much like uh, how may, how much attention you can get for those um, caretakers there mm-hmm. in the kindergarten. They were not enough. So you are kind on your own and things happen. And I think that combination, all that, and also the culture in that back then it was pretty strict, you know, there was not much hugging and still believe mm. if you say compliments to children, then they will get spoiled or, mm. some, you know, narcissists or all that. Yeah. And then, you know, when you don't receive the touch and hugs and appreciation and, you know, encouragement and all yeah. that, you totally feel emptiness and the feeling like, oh, it's something wrong with me. And mm. then it starts this perfection like oh i have to be perfect then i will receive the love <laughs> i have mm. to be beautiful i remember i noticed in the school there was some little charming girl and i am this tall uh, i was skinny and tall and maybe a little bit awkward and i thought oh she was so cute and everybody liked her and everybody is admiring and i thought oh, i really also want uh, to get this attention i would like to be admired and mm-hmm. you know and really appreciated so I think I, I there recognize that oh, being beautiful, it's very important. If you are mm. beautiful, people like you, <laughs> then you get love. So, yeah. Wow. And so, how did you try to make up for all those, um, yeah, differences that you felt or things that you were lacking in order to receive that love? Like, also, how did that build up throughout your life, being becoming more an adult? So beauty was one oh. one big topic. Yeah, and then super pleaser. I was really I would because also my father was alcoholic, and then um, he was fighting with my mother, and it was very violent uh, fights. Sometimes I thought he will kill my mom, and and you know, and to avoid that, I would always check how he comes home, which situation, and. You know, when my mom was not better, she didn't drink, but she was so angry. And she, because she was martyr, she was learned you had to work hard. So she was working like crazy, mm-hmm. didn't have any time for herself. No, not at all self-care. She had also loved self-esteem, love the self-beliefs. And she, but she was so angry because, you know, you are angry because it's not in you. Uh, and then it, she provoked her father. And, you know, when, uh, when you are drunk, my mm. father had a lot of rage too because of the he didn't like his life but he didn't dare to say or change because because of the system so so sometimes or often they would fight my mom would provoke you know when provoking drunk men it is like putting benzene in the fire yeah so I was watching them, you know, and I was trying hard, you know, I would clean the house, I would take care, you know, and pacify mm. them, so avoid the conflict, because it was so terrifying. So I became this ultra pleaser, I really didn't have any sense of myself, I was just, I had, I became so good at reading other people, you mm. know, and adapting to them, so... I was like, what I wanted, I would adapt. I even really didn't know which kind of ice cream myself liked or mm. what I really liked. I didn't trust myself at all. I was just adapting to other people and really taking care of my looks. And also that all became struggle with weight because you get that it affects... Uh, because you don't get any... 
and love so therefore people eat or some people drink or some people work or some people shop you know and uh, it became like all that struggle it's like trying to be somebody else than I am somebody really perfect beautiful and uh, looking good and so good you know not making anyone angry not to step on anyone's uh, feet mm. uh, how to say yeah, yeah. to be uh, so I totally lost myself mm. and, uh, um, and I even when after I got married I just continued the same way of course I attracted to some kind of men mm-hmm. um, like yeah. my father yeah. who maybe was not drinking but didn't give me any attention actually was psychologically abusive because I didn't have any boundaries I never said no because uh, mm. I always thought oh, yeah, I'm so stupid you know it's my own fault mm. and uh, then you are easy victim to be manipulated and um, or you when you yeah. are that way you attract that kind of men <laughs> and so what was the moment that actually broke you or broke that let's say facade of having to be perfect having to be everything to everyone was there a moment yeah yo it was totally unexpected uh i i thought also that was like my life from outside was like kind of perfect big house men bmw three children you know but i felt so empty and so unhappy so like when i had taking care of everyone sometimes in the evenings I would sit in the kitchen drink some wine to white bread you know because mm. that was the only thing that little bit could feel the the hole in me and afterwards just making me feel even more miserable but there was a party we had and next to me was sitting one of our friends he was super successful uh, marker the one mm-hmm. who sells Realtor. Um, buildings yeah and uh, he told, oh, he has become Buddhist and he is visiting this woman, you know, she's client or medium and healer. And back, th- it, back then, it was about 12 years ago, uh, back then I thought, oh my goodness, it's, it's it was so fascinating. But I was also so scared because back then I thought, oh, they were like kind of witches, you know, with mm. long green nails and wild hair and, you know, wild beings. But he said, go, go. He encouraged me. Mm-hmm. But he and- took... Taking, Back then you Sorry. were already living uh, in Denmark? Yes, I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to Denmark, I also felt, oh, I am the happiest girl, you know. I made the dream come through. I'm like kind of Cinderella story. Mm. But it was not, it looked from outside, <laughs> but it was not as I said. And yeah, I had gotten my three children, as I said, from outside. It looked quite nice, mm. but it was not at all. I was like, oh. And therefore, when I, when this man told me about this woman, I got so like, uh, I don't know, somebody, my higher self knew it, it's for mm-hmm. me. But as I said, it took me a one month to ring, to ring her first. Mm-hmm. And already in the phone, she was so understanding. I, I started to start to cry. She already mm. said me the things she could feel. She said, you are so depressed, you know, all that. And she was the first when I went to her to do uh, for the apartment. She said, "There's nothing wrong with you. You just don't respect yourself. You have to learn to love yourself." And it was so early, you know. It was like, 
wow, you know, nobody ever told me this. I mm. didn't think about it. I always thought, oh, it's all my, whatever happens, it's my fault mm. uh, because I'm so stupid. And then she did some healing and she encouraged me to read Louisa Hay, you know, the oh, positive yeah. mm-hmm. affirmations and learning self-love. And I started and it really, and she encouraged me to go to school to take education. And I remember, okay, I will go home. I will tell my husband uh, mm. I won't take education. She said, no, don't tell him anything. Go, go um, get information about education, apply. And when you have all that done, then inform him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he will no, never allow uh, me to do it. Because he was this, um, yeah, uh, not very healthy type of man. And that was true. I did, like as she said, I applied to school, you know, I made these uh, papers. And then I said, I'm going to take this education. But I made also nice. I said, oh, this will be so good because I was working in his company without mm. salary. So I said, oh, this will be contribute. I will learn things and all mm. that, you know. He didn't like because he didn't like anything that could make me independent. You know, he would like to keep me down. So that yeah. because of his own insecurity. Um, but yeah, this woman really opened me a totally new capital in my life. I started this process of self-loving and it was, you know, it's not that easy. But um, because I got so, I I realized how actually angry I am, how mm, much uh, things have been done to me. Yeah, I always have been suppressing things because what even my husband said, you know, when they would say even rude things to me, I was just swallowing and wouldn't mm. say anything. It's just, I'm a lady, right? I don't make farce or say mm. no. And then it was like coming up and I, I got scared because I couldn't manage. And there was like two sides, like one good girl, oh, keep it down. Don't make a, don't make a, you know, noise. And the other part me, this fierce wild woman, like coming up with a lot of anger. And it all, but um, it all ended that I divorced my husband. He didn't like at all. He put ultimatums that I should stop my education. Can you believe that? Oh my In God. Denmark, it would, yeah. But he was Danish so, or where he, was he from? Originally, he was from Greece. So, but okay. he had been living in Denmark for many years. He had first wife. His was um, Danish, and he was. When I met him, I thought he was super progressive, mm. and he looked and seemed, and he talked. You know, he looked like Danish. But there was but the mentality side, was was know. not very Danish. I would. No, it was yeah because he had also had his his own dose of trauma. But you, mm. that I also learned when you don't deal, when you don't heal your trauma, it it affects your life. So he had also a lot of lost in his childhood mm-hmm. rejection. So he didn't trust people he didn't trust women and his way of keeping secure is like keeping suppressed people or make them powerless so they never leave him right yeah. so he was trying to do with me the same and so, so would you say that then or is it fair to say that one woman changed your life I would say, yeah, she totally changed my life. But also, I would say I was ready for that because mm-hmm. I was so depressed. And I thought, what else? And I think this is really, we are not alone. I have so many times experienced that universe really is in, on our side, that it wants our healing and the opportunities will come. And even when I was scared, I was so glad and grateful that I was listening to my inner voice and like mm. 
I knew I have to go there. And she was the beginning of that. And uh, as I said, I started also with Louisa Hay. And, but then I learned because I don't know if you know Louise Hay. She's wonderful, but it's it's a lot like um, it can be a lot of, you know, um, spirituality. It's all about positivity, mm-hmm. only about the light. And I think that's wrong. It's it's good for some time, but then you have to also understand that we have, uh, you cannot put uh, all the bad things or all, all the things under the rug, you know, push yeah. away. We don't say that they don't exist. They exist if you don't heal, you, when you don't recognize and don't see your shadows. We all yeah. have them. And then, then they come back, you know, they, things happen. Therefore, many people don't, uh, are disappointed in the love of attraction because they say, I am all the time uh, saying affirmations and I am visualizing and I am focusing on the positive. But you are not aware that your subconscious thinks it's all bullshit. They don't yes. believe, you know, when you, like for me, I had so much rage for men and distrust, you know, I, it's, if, if, I would not look for in that for that and heal that part, you know. I would still avoid men and uh, or attract mm-hmm. idiots. Uh, I mean, the kind men. Um, I cannot call them really idiots because they are victims too. They're traumatized. So, but not the type men or other things in life. So it's very important to look in our shadows and also not be afraid of feeling bad and feeling rage. Yes. So many people are. Uh, um, Oh, sorry. So many people are afraid that, like, oh, even my first healer said, "Oh, let's speak only about positivity because you know, so you don't attract the negative things." Mm. But now, if you suppress, you know, they they will be there. They will grow only bigger. That's you true. Cannot... I totally agree with you because one thing, like, you can, I would say, like, just just focusing on the on the positive or pretending that nothing bad ever happened it's just like you said you become it's just like putting on a mask but all the emotion all the beliefs every all the trauma is still there in the mind and it is still the the place that is deciding over every action and reaction that you're gonna take and so like you mentioned beautifully and it's not about focusing on the negativity or positivity in the daily life there you can focus on the positive right but you have to process Hmm. what what maybe negative things have happened and you know in life it's not only good things will happen to you you will have to deal with all of it there it's about the attitude on how you're going to deal with it but like you said um, there are shadows and you have to really release all these emotions and all all the things that are attached to that because otherwise it can literally make you sick. Yeah, exactly. I, I learned a lot from Teal Swan. Uh, I think she's the one first really uh, who told, don't be afraid of your anger. Don't be afraid of all the envy or other so-called negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Treat them as small crying children yes. that who need attention. And this, I like this uh, way. Whenever I feel something, I, I don't feel shame or anger. Like, oh, I don't want to feel this because it's not, you know, good. I really said, no, it's also okay. I understand that you feel this way, you know? And then, okay, it's like really, it's like a... Ch- when this um, emotion has got attention, 
Yes. It just disappears. It's such easy. You don't need to suppress or hide it away. It's okay. You are there. I'm human. We have all kinds of emotions. You know, yeah. it belongs to life. It belongs to our experience. We should not push them away or suppress or say, oh, they're bad. No, but they're because not... they're all telling you something. They are just trying yeah. to to point your attention to something. I feel like it's Ex it's like... Oh, yeah, maybe if, if you're feeling sick or something like that, maybe something more physical, it's just the way of the body trying to tell you, hey, something is out of balance here, right? And exactly, exactly. And so it is the same with the emotions, I feel like. If, you, if, if I'm really angry, then usually if you ask yourself, then in that moment when you catch yourself, it's like, what is happening? Why am I actually angry? You know, what, what is so bad about this? And then and this just, is, yeah, ex just reflect yeah. and see where that takes you. Because usually it's not about the thing that is happening. <laughs> If you ask yourself a couple times, you will get to, okay, maybe because, I don't know, then, uh, my, my, my partner uh, didn't pay attention to me or because my kid is blah, blah, blah. Or because I felt, I felt uh, that somebody wasn't putting attention on me. Something like that. And so I feel it's very important, like you mentioned, to really recognize the emotion and just allowing it to, to be and to, to go away also. Yeah, and because it goes away when we allow. We are so scared because we have, yeah, we have been taught to like, oh, no, that's bad. Uh, but it's not when you allow it. It, it just, as I, as I said before, it's like a small child. You mm. give it some love. And it's okay. I'm happy now. <laughs> it's I love that. And was there a moment for you? So you started, let's say, your healing process with uh, this healer. And was there yeah. a moment where you would say or you remember that you felt or realized that you're actually home again? And I mean, like with yourself, home with your soul. Yeah, but I was a, a patient and patient because also thought, oh, now I just take five affirmations and some few healing <laughs> sessions, I'm done. No, because also I have to recognize how many years we have been uh, living that way. There's so many negative beliefs. So it's like, it's quite a work to um, to change that. And uh, but yeah, it opened a whole new world for me. It felt super more empowering, but sometimes also like frustrating because like, oh, how much healing I can do, how much you know <laughs> I can do, and I'm not still there. I still don't have that self-esteem I want, you know, all that uh, because we want it like now. Yeah. <laughs> we want it faster now, and it, it takes time, you know, to heal. We all are different, and some things are very deep, um, and like it's like like. It's the same, you know, the emotional trauma is like if you have been walking walking with a broken uh, broken uh, leg all yeah. your life, you know. It's the same. It takes time to heal and repair, um, you know. And so, but yeah, I think it's. I'm so happy. Uh, I met this woman. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful for that man telling telling me. Yeah. But again, I think there's nothing. Uh, Nothing is accident yeah. or like that. It has meaning. And so, so actually, I wanted to change. Yeah. And mm -hmm. how many years was that ago that you had or that this man? Approximately 12. 12 years ago. Approximately 12, 12, 13, yeah. 
And so how would you so, say is uh, Gita from today different than Gita like 20 years ago? Wow, super different. Super. I... It's, I think, I wouldn't say that I'm the most confident woman. I still have my work to do, but I am totally in different place. But the things I have uh, learned, how much power we have and what we can do. So I um, feel much more happy and in peace mm -hmm. with myself and also empowered because I know the tools uh, that we have that can help to create and negate what we what we want in our life. Um, I am, I wouldn't say I know better my boundaries. I'm not that I'm better to say no uh, or I am more authentic, you know. Mm -hmm. I am better to say yes when I mean yes and say no when I uh, mean no. And also I'm better to take care of myself mm. um yeah how does self-care for uh, you look like doing the things I, that makes me feel happy mm. <laughs> it can be many things it can be um being together with the children doing the things i really am interested i dropped the jobs nine to five Mm -hmm. I started my own business. That also is a big part mm -hmm. because I was so scared. I thought I had to have a job. And the other thing, yeah, this belief, you have to work hard mm. <laughs> because I grew up with that. And I learned that it's not true, but I still have it in my blood. But I am better and like, no, I am so good in attracting good mm -hmm. things and abundance I not doing much actually. Mm -hmm. I rejoice that, that it, but that it is so uh, care because sometimes I still can go in that. Oh, I have to work. I have to do this. I have to mm -hmm. send a newsletter. I have to do that, and then like, okay, I know. Then I have to go inside and actually uh, to learn to be mm -hmm. in that energy, and then do. And then that, of course, includes connecting with yourself, like via meditation, maybe it's. Uh, walking the woods but yeah self-care is doing the things really i like dressing myself up i really like uh, um, dressing up using makeup you know taking care of my physical looks and i do i do take care of my emotions and mm -hmm. healings so because i i i believe we had to take care both from inside and also outside because yeah. we women are more uh, uh, beings and when we look good We feel good. It's super empowering. And uh, also connecting with our feminine side, mm -hmm. you know, enjoying these beautiful things around, enjoying our own beauty. Um, um, yeah, I love so much. I grew up in the countryside. My mom never used makeup. I was working the big palms, you know, and the, um, in the woods, uh, uh, collecting uh, berries and all the things uh so there was not much glamour in my childhood yeah but i always since i remember i was so interested in all this thing <laughs> and in soviet union there was not so much all the tools so i am like rejoicing this part of, yeah. of, uh, of things that there are so much available things and yeah and and what would you say has changed in your in the meaning that beauty actually 
has for you and what it maybe says about you? What has changed in that? Beauty, actually, we are beautiful when we allow and celebrate who we are. When mm. we really like ourselves, we feel great in our skin. I believe every woman is beautiful. It is, it's just our beliefs, uh, beliefs and attitudes to our life, and also suppressing our feelings. As we said, they, they, if you suppress for long enough, you get sick. Therefore, it explains that so many people have cancers and all the, the different kind of sickness. So beauty for me is really allowing to be you, you know, be sensual and sexual and mm -hmm. playful and enjoy life. And this, I think, women really need to get out mm -hmm. of this good girl syndrome, <laughs> pleasers. Yes. And... Uh, I'm still pleased that, you know, I like to make people happy and I, but I don't like that it isn't my cost. That it, mm -hmm. um, because you want to, not because yeah. you feel they're, let's say, they will not like you or they will. And because it makes me, makes me really happy. I can help someone and, you know, and do something good. It's so nice. It's so nice to see somebody else being happy and um, glad. Yeah. If you can just do a little thing sometimes or even just say some words that can make uh, some other human's life or even change life. Yeah. So and beauty. And I think the beauty is super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. I just wanted to say that I think uh, the big distinction is if, you know, if you're giving really from the heart or if you're giving out of neediness, like needing somebody's approval or needing somebody's uh, attention. And I think now yeah, exactly. it seems like you've, you've shifted like 180 from needing to to like giving from really because you want to from the heart. Yeah, exactly. And actually then people like you more. I wanted, we want you all to belong. And therefore I also, before I was giving because I just wanted people would like me, you mm. know, that because I was so scared to be alone or not loved. But now I learned People feel that too many times, or they just use you if you do mm -hmm. that way. But when you really give because you enjoy from life, then you attract uh, really good people around you and good experience and makes you happy. It's like win-win. Yeah. Uh, and so one thing that you've already mentioned, at some point you decided to start your own business. So for a long time you've been working or helping with uh, your ex-husband's company um, then you started uh, with your education and so how did this let's say um, professional path of yours uh, develop after you finished It's just, your education uh, I was still studying many things and I because afterwards I divorced my husband I understood It's me, I need to, not to fix me, but heal and learn things so I don't attract that type of men or experience in my life. So I was going to all kinds of courses and educations. And I once went to some, how to speak on stage, because I felt mm -hmm. I was so shy and awkward, so I wanted to be more confident. And there we had to yeah, share some stories of us telling some, you know, from Soviet Union. And they thought it, I was so good and it was so funny. So they say, oh, Kitty, you have to speak and tell the stories because also the combination, they say, you look so feminine and with blonde and the stories are, are so raw. But it's not that 
I, I was not telling them from the victim mind, like, but you know, seeing with different perspective and mm-hmm. things that in every experience there's something good that we can learn, uh, take from. And that was the thing that gave me. And I was visiting a lot of. I had a lot of mentors and healers, and they all said, oh, Gita, they all said, you are a healer and you mm-hmm. are a mentor. You can help so many women. And I was like, in the beginning, who, me? <laughs> no way. But a part of me knew it's true, but I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I am good enough. So I was studying a lot. Mm-hmm. Still, I had that perfectionism side in me. Like, I don't like to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. I like to really um, be so good, you know, that I can really fix everyone's life just in one session, oh, which yeah. is impossible. But I, you know. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So step by step, you know, and then say, okay, I start, you know, like, I with, with some, I would say, some days better, some days, uh, some days, you know, having the fear, but again, learning the understanding, the law of attraction and understanding why I have the fear, you mm-hmm. know, why I have the disbelief. It's again, oh, I need to look in me into what, you know, where is the root cause for that? Um, so it's still ongoing. He like business is like the super self-development mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because you have to step up and you have to st- step out and do, and that takes courage and takes guts and it, t- it takes, makes you look inwards. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say were the the main things that, you know, provided you with this amount of confidence and courage to really just say, you know, okay, I'll give it a try, I'll do it, because I feel like it's, it's not such um necessarily easy or you know um yeah like trivial decision for everyone i feel like it takes no. a lot of courage yeah but for me as i said i would never would do if i didn't have so much uh, encouragement from my mm-hmm. mentors and healers and then also a lot of friends and uh, would call me always and ask for advice or just tell you know when they had problems and whatever I would go, people would come around. So I thought, there's something about that. And then I started, and I even didn't really advertise, and people would come to me, some girls or women. When you share your story and all that, you attract the kind of people. Mm. So I even have not done huge marketing or really like marketing or anything like that, which I think like selling yourself when you're from the masculine side, which is so difficult for us. For many women can mm-hmm. be including myself so i was like oh i mean women are coming themselves when you are you know you are you are attracting people um, who need your help and also seeing that makes me my self-belief grow and this is a, like the foundation it's our self-belief that makes it if you believe in yourself and we we all have talents we all have a special uh, our our special thing we can do you know it's only the self-belief that yeah. stops us or or, or um or um, yeah 
the cells believe that this and doubts about yeah. ourselves. So we need a, or ourselves a good mentor or really work on our self beliefs and ask why why we have that, where it comes, where looking for the root, which always is in our childhood. Yeah. You know, it can be. And so what would you say were the biggest things or the biggest accomplishments that you were able to to make ever since, you know, starting with your business and starting um, with coming back to yourself and um, treating yourself differently and giving yourself permission to do the things that you love? First of all, I, it really influenced how was my children. Mm-hmm. So I have three children, and of course, they also uh, not only me suffered in my marriage, but also the children suffered. And um, even our divorce was hard. I, by me taking good care of myself and learning, understanding, so I could really better help my children, mm-hmm. but also for them watching me, so they. It really helped them also go much better through the through the divorce and also um, I would say make them happier people because they are pretty cool. <laughs> they yeah. are also super independent and stronger. I think they mm-hmm. have not they got that. Uh, so that is the first thing I'm mm-hmm. so happy because it's the most important thing for me, of course. But. Uh, um, I think I lost the track. Yeah, what were the other, uh, maybe uh, two, another two uh, accomplishments that you're really proud of ever since you started your Oh, own yeah. I, I, years ago, I started my own one-woman show. It was in Danish, so I did myself. I organized in the theater and uh, wow. I did several times. <laughs> yeah. And now I want to continue that and do also in uh, English, another language. This was... Um this um yeah, lots of stories from Soviet Union, funny and not so funny, and uh, with a purpose showing people like but you know you can you can come overcome many things, you know, and we all have challenge, but mm-hmm. it's what you do with them. So I wrote my first book, this for women. I'm writing a second book, and oh, I wow. think writing a book also takes guts because yes. It's like, oh, you know, it's like kind of like giving birth to a child, but yeah. a different way because you so much identify Fine. yourself yeah. like with the book. So it's, I was also scared, like what people will say, think if somebody will not like my book, mm-hmm. if they will say something bad. It's So I have to learn to live with that too. I mm-hmm. mean, you can't please everyone and yeah. it's okay if somebody doesn't like you. It's I don't like to everyone. So, but accepting that, that was mm-hmm. difficult. So, but it's actually fun. It gives you courage. You see, you did that and nothing so bad happened, you mm-hmm. know. And even if it did, you didn't do perfect, whatever is perfect, you know, you can still next time do it better. And, and, but it, the, the experience gives you that like wow I did it this mm-hmm. um, like uh, I remember my father he was stalking a lot always and having big plans but so he died without them ever executing mm. so and I, I feel it was so sad because he didn't have this 
his fear took over him. And of course, he back then maybe didn't have so much possibilities, yeah. opportunities like we have now, you know, to get information, how to heal and people. Now there are so many healers, so much information. In nowadays, it's much, much easier than it was, you know, parent generation so so i'm so happy that i already have done something yeah and i think this is the most important thing to allow yourself to really live life right i feel like this is your your chance now and um if you don't if you just do what everybody else is doing you you do yourself the disservice of having been born in a certain way exactly you yeah it makes sad because people you hide go safely through life but that's not life really mm. we are so afraid and when i think where i went from um in the school i was the young communist leader elected mm-hmm. and i actually never never did a public speech because i was so afraid mm. you know i all the time i thought people will just laugh at me so i always tried i found somebody else to speak instead of me or some excuse and now I can speak on the stage and laugh and even sing, even I can sing. So I think, wow, that's also, it's so fun to see yourself. You you challenge yourself and mm-hmm. you can say, wow, I could do this. I thought it's impossible or it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Like so many times we keep away, oh, I'm not born for that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not for me. But whatever you see and want, if you can see it and want it for you so it's meant to be it is it is mm. yours so you just have to deal with that fact what stops you for achieving that or trying experiencing that thing I um, love that. that knowledge is also super helpful because then you understand oh if i really want to be a bestseller what is stopping me mm. best i mean um yeah like becoming a, becoming a known writer as how it's called this woman who wrote eat pray love yeah you yeah. know what stops you if you want to be the same you know what meeting it's nothing wrong it's a, it's like it's your life why not we also make ourselves so small and afraid you know i i may not have so big dreams or we are ashamed to speak about that mm-hmm. to other people but i think yet yeah, why not uh, yeah, because we all have stories, we all have uh, so much talents and potentials, and we are here for each other. We cannot do on our own, or we can, but it's a struggle, and it's yeah. not so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, when we support each other, you know, you know yourself probably. You have read many books, and yeah. the stories have have helped you, or uh, many ways, or move forward. Yeah. So we all have that, and we can help so many people. And we so often we just uh, minimize what we can or yeah. don't appreciate because we didn't have those parents who could see, you know, who are the first or adults who were around us who could see our worth or, or help um, to encourage us, you know, yeah. to try all the things they want in life and. Uh, that's and true. go after them because why not <laughs> exactly why not I... and um one thing i i want to also ask your advice but uh, first i wanted to ask so how old were you when you actually started out with the business um maybe 40 40 i got divorced when i was 37 yeah and then i so yeah. so what i want to to ask you is you know, 
I hear so many friends at just let's say twenty something or beginning of thirty saying like yeah you know i would love to do xyz but you know they don't believe that it's worth something or then i hear my mom if if she's like uh, unhappy for example with her job or whatever and i tell her well why don't you just apply somewhere else no but i'm so old who would you know want me and um people having like this idea that once you're maybe 30 something or 40 or whatever um that you know it's They, be they believe that it's not worth it anymore to go after something that you really love or just try it out or feel that, you know, um, yeah, it, it, nobody will, will be interested or whatever. So what would be something that you can tell those women, especially maybe uh, older ones or younger ones who are thinking like, you know, their, their time has already passed with just maybe 25? Oh, it's because we have been... Um by many thousand years told by this. We have been raised in this slave culture, you mm. know, like uh, especially capitalism because they need a cheap labor to go to save work. You know, you do the, your slave work, you come home, you see TV, buy some shit and you know, this is the life, you have family, but it's just typically like a slave work, this security. But there is no, in, especially in our times, the times are changing, we can see You can do everything, you know. You can, you're like, mom, beaming. They, she has so much wisdom and she has talents which she have mm. not maybe seen or appreciate. Usually what comes easy to us, we don't appreciate. Yeah. We think everybody can do that. Exactly. First of first of they need someone maybe if they cannot do, because maybe it's difficult to do by themselves, but have someone really good or mentor or someone that could... Um, could help them to recognize that and encourage. And there's so much education available, even on YouTube, so much free education. Mm -hmm. You can start to learn to to put a simple website up, you know, do the things you can, you can, uh, you can do actually anything. There's some, I know in Denmark, there's a woman even made the business out of walking. You know, she liked to walk after work. <laughs> now people join her and they pay and now she does a speak. Oh, she speaks wow. about walking and all that. Yeah, and she earns good money. There is, you know, you can, uh, it sounds ridiculous. And I thought, oh my goodness, but it's genius. Mm -hmm. You know, anything you can help some other human to solve some problem, mm -hmm. it's valuable. So, but of course, there's a lot of fear because, uh, and you need some good support who, mm -hmm. when it comes to doubts, because the doubts are those that stops us yeah. from achieving or going like, oh, I cannot, what about money? What what about, what about, we all have that. But again, the universe, we have to remember it's more than us. The ones that we succeed. So if we decide and go for it, it will, you will succeed. And of mm -hmm. course, if it makes you safer to have some savings or help, also maybe change your lifestyle. Maybe you can need even to move to other country where you want it always. But it's possible. It's like, if you really want it, why not? You are want to do this. You can't not want it something it's meant for you. If you want something, if you see it for you, you have to go it because one day we will die. And it's like, and I think about my father, He was just living life like a slave. Therefore, he was drinking, you know, mm. because, you know, what the heck? He had the same, like, and it's already we are, like, walking dead before yeah. we are dead, right? When yeah. we don't allow it, 
don't allow ourselves to enjoy our talents and celebrate. And so I have a dog here. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So um, from all the experience that you had um, and uh, thinking about everything that you've been through uh, and other women, what would be one message that you would like every woman to know out there? You are so worthy and you have everything it takes. And just find the support to people. Like for me, that woman changed my life. And then I found an other who helped me through divorce. So you are worthy, but ask for help. Especially mm. as, as you know, Soviet Union, we raised, we have even a proudness to do everything by ourselves, you know, but it's so difficult. So I think is this what I want to know a woman. You are worthy and you have everything what it takes to achieve your dreams mm -hmm. and ask for help. Don't be ashamed. We are here for each other. Like you, Olga, and many <laughs> other coach, that's meaning people, we need her help and support. We can't do anything. And we cannot really... Um, um, we can't really, as I said before, we have so many talents, but we mm -hmm. don't see ourselves them. So yeah. therefore, we need some other people. We need some other perspective yeah. to help us. And and, and what we are would, here for each other. Yeah. And what would be three things that you would like to tell a six-year-old Gita about her herself or something that that you've learned throughout the years that you want her to know about life, so that she she lives the life that, that you know, she wants. Hmm. I would say uh, there's nothing wrong with you. You are lovable. There's, it's not your fault. Hmm. And uh, and I would, yeah, and give all the promise. Everything will be fine. Everything will be good. Hmm. Um, yeah, these three things. Nothing wrong with you. It's not your fault. And you're absolutely lovely. <laughs> and I like to say, I like you also, that universe is on our side. Yeah. It supports us. So I like, uh, even if our parents don't understand us, I don't see, there's a bigger power that are mm -hmm. on our side. Because, oh, I love of course, that. for a child, the parents are the universe, but I love knowing that. that there's more than that. And so how can people, you know, find you or work with you if they got really interested uh, about your story and got curious to know more? They can find me on social media. I'm mostly on Facebook. I love Facebook, Gita Gavar Marotis, and I have mm -hmm. a Facebook page as well on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and Pinterest. And, of course, my website, mm -hmm. uh, gitagava.com mm -hmm. awesome and i have a, my book on amazon they can check oh, yes, out exactly. permission to be <laughs> so yeah go check out uh, gita's book on amazon go visit her her website or follow her on social media i'm so happy that you've been with us here today um i really loved you know all the insights that you gave us into especially like the emotional um, journey that you've been through and I hope that it will give a lot of people you know the the courage to not only speak up and you know get help for themselves 
um, but also the courage to really follow through and um, see that there are pe women out there who, regardless of age, are doing what they love and going for, for it like courageously. So thank you so much. For being thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.